Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast with me, Sophia DeSantis, and I have a super special guest today. I'm so excited to have her. This is episode 41, and we are going to talk with my friend and neighbor, Mel, about her diet and um, something she's battling and just her journey, and um, that's it. Mel is a neighbor of mine here in Carlsbad, and I've known her for a long time now, I feel like. <laughs> um, our boys went to school-ish together, um, not currently because of all things happening, but um, they play on the street, like literally we're neighbors, and her and her family are just awesome. Welcome to the show, Mel. Oh, thank you. Such a good introduction. Totally. Um, now to hold up to everything you said. Oh, please stop. Um, why don't you introduce yourself a little, like your family, um, anything else you want to say, and then we can just start chatting. Okay. Well, I'm Melanie. I'm a mom of four. I have one girl and then three boys. In 2011, after a seizure around four or five in the morning, I was taken to the hospital and they told me I had a mass in my brain and that I had 14 months to live. So when we drove home that day, my husband said, well, we can get hit by a bus and then and die instantly. So let's just enjoy every minute we have. And that's what we'd done. And then we found out that I didn't have what they thought I had. Um, and so now I was given a little bit more time to live. And I'm past what it, all the times that they've given us. So I'm now nine years post-diagnosis with, with diagnosis with brain cancer. Um, when... When they first found out, when they first thought, did they, what did they first think you had? Because I remember you saying, telling us that, and then, then how did they figure out it was something else? Well, they thought I had breast cancer that metastasized to my brain. That was oh, one of God. them. And so they did the mammogram and realized it wasn't breast cancer. Um, and then another doctor said, I have a glioblastoma. Oh yeah. The glio- we didn't even know what, what that was. Yeah. And then Sean, my husband looked it up on, um, his laptop at the hospital and was just like, Oh my gosh, you only have 14 months to live. So it was just doctors thinking that they knew what I had, just kind of winging it and diagnosing me without even an operation or biopsy. Yeah. I guess because of the quickness of it, maybe they just took some educated guesses. Yeah. Glios I know are not my, um, my uncle, my mom's sister's husband passed away from a glioblastoma. Um, back when I was in my early twenties. Um, and it's, yeah, it was very fast. It was like maybe six months. Um, so yeah, they're, yeah, I they're not fine. Like 14 months was like the max. Yeah. Um, and then when they figured, so then they actually took a look at you, figured it all out. And, um, I know what you have now is fairly rare, right? Um, I don't know at least, how rare at least- it is. It's- at least for but, an adult, adult, wasn't it? Like my dad was saying something that it's not as common in adults as kids. Was that right? Uh, yes. I don't think okay. kids get glioblastoma. They get a different type of brain cancer. Okay. That can and, be just as deadly. Yes. And how long, um, 
did they give, I know you've like beat all the odds because you're amazing, but how long did they tell you you had? Um, first, I was told three to eight years with the 34% chance of making it to five years. And we all know that um, they were wrong. <laughs> yep. Yes. I am. Oh, I had celebrated nine years back in November. Yep. Yep. I know. And we have been to, gosh, how many parties have we had, Mel, for your milestones? Has it been I've two or three? three? I did three years, five years, and eight years. That's right. Yes. Um, and they are just, side note, um, the cancerversary parties that we've celebrated with Mel have been amazing. Every single one of them. Um, we've just had the best time. And um, Melanie truly embodies what I believe as live each day like it's your last. I mean, she really, truly does. Like, I'm not just saying that, Mel, but it's true. Like, you truly are so positive. And I am really, really big. Like, I know my audience and my followers know me in the, in the sense that I'm really big about your that whole full body wellness of your mind, your body, and really your spirit, you know, all three of these things coming together for overall wellness. And when one is off, you really aren't moving towards um, ultimate wellness. And I don't believe that wellness necessarily means the absence of disease. I believe that wellness embodies everything altogether. And, and you may have disease, but if you're Mel and you're living every single day, to its fullest like that to me is more wellness than somebody who doesn't have disease and and just is kind of neutral does that make sense Mel? it does i remember um right after i was diagnosed we went to church and our pastor said you don't know what it's like to to fully live until you know someone who's dying and we we're like whoa so we kind of took that on and then we started checking everything off our bucket list and you and I have, say, I always hashtag all my posts with busy living life. Yep, you sure do. So, um, that's all we're doing, have, living and enjoying life. Yep. And you have like a, a I don't, you, I know you don't post on it super often, but you had a blog going for a while, Bucket List Family, that you kind of went through and posted about what you guys have been doing and what you did. Um, yeah, I think that's hard. Super cool. It's hard with the kids home from school, as you know, to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> to do so anything my, all three of my boys home so I'm like yeah trying to hide out I'm like where should I go my bathroom my bedroom how can I lock out the noise from my kids a hundred percent I think there's probably a lot of moms listening to this right now that fully understand that and Mel decided to keep so our district has two options our um my kids are in the hybrid model where they go to school two days a week although mine go different days so I don't really ever have time without kids which is amazing um <laughs> but um, the other option was cloud campus for families that, you know, either chose or needed to be more cautious as far as exposures. And Melanie with, you know, everything she's going through, um, her doctor is like, you know, absolutely not. You need to be home. You need to be on cloud campus. So that's what they chose to do. And I'm sure it was probably really hard for you guys to make that decision because you guys are so social and your boys are so social and, um, school was a big part of their day. Um, how's it going with them being home? I mean, other than you going crazy, how, how's, how's uh, I mean, going? it's, it's good. We have our fights. If you see them run around the Island, it means that they got in trouble. People are like, I always see your kids running around the block. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like I, they just want exercise. I'm not going to tell you that they were fighting and I'm, that's what I made, but I just found a diet, the target dollar spot. Um, 
and it, like if you roll it, it'll say like 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, so one minute plank. So that's my new thing. So I'm like, I don't want people to think my kids are awful. The number of times I make them run, anytime they're like driving me crazy or talking too loud, though, I'm like, okay, go run, burn some energy. No, that's, I so think now that's a great strategy. I mean, your boys were so now they're in the living active. room doing sit-ups, planks, push-ups, and burpees, and Good jumping jacks. That's great. Yeah. I mean, when you have active kids and they're home, like you have to give them some sort of release and you're, you know, kind of combining the need for them to like get out and move their body with, you know, like take a break, take a, like, it's, it's a brain break. That's, I think that's great. Um, speaking of all this exercise, talk a little bit about your, um, your, I, you are so into running bef- you know, I know that it kind of has gone up and down depending on what stage of, um, you're going through, but you're talking a little bit about your running. Cause I've loved that too. Well, after my fourth surgery, um, I did a year of chemo. And after that year of chemo, I was like, you know what? I have to do something big to celebrate finishing chemo. So on black Friday, I went out and bought running shoes. And then six weeks later, I ran my first half marathon. I did the Carlsbad half. And now I've so far, I've done 10 half marathons and two full marathons. After that first half marathon, my oldest son, who was probably in um, third or fourth grade by then said, if you can run a half, why can't you run a full? So I was like, "Mm, 13.1 miles, 26.2 miles. It's a huge difference, but I wanted to show him that you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. So I did it. Wait, you did two fulls and four halves? Yeah, I've done done 10 halves and two fulls. 10 half because then the next year my husband's like "Eh, if you could do it I could do it so I was like okay I got to show him that I could still do it although he kicked my butt I think he beat me by like two or three hours well I mean (laughs) we're not comparing equal playing fields here I mean the fact that you even got up and did that I do remember when you were training um I remember seeing you running around the neighborhood and um it's just amazing I just it's true like bucket list for sure and off your bucket list. I know that you have so many things. And every time you guys go on another adventure, it's another bucket list item that you're checking off. Um, have you done, you know, a lot of the things on your bucket list that you guys have wanted to do? Um, most of, but I still want to travel Europe. I would love just to spend summer there, just road tripping through all the countries. But it's hard when your husband works full time. A hundred percent. Yeah. And speaking of your husband, he is just the most amazing support. He's such a great husband and dad. And just, he's so, I just love him. He's amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's supporting you guys so you can live your life to the fullest, really. He is. And yeah, little things like I remember when, um, when, um, we drove home and we were like 14 months and he's like, yeah, we can get killed by a hit by a bus and die right now. And I said, well, I always wanted to grow old and retire and drive around the country in a motorhome like my grandparents did when I was a kid. And he said, well, why can't we do it now with our kids? So the next month we went out and bought this cheap old motorhome that broke down on us so many times. <laughs> but every time it broke down, we made like the greatest memories. So I think we didn't mind it breaking down. That's such an amazing way to look at it. Like, yeah, why can't you do it now? I mean, what, what's stopping you really, you know? Um, 
Yeah, and now so we have our converted sprinter, which is even better because now during COVID, it's like, you know, we can just camp in that and we can stay in that, drive it anywhere. It's easier than a motorhome. It's amazing. Um, Mel, how many surgeries have you had altogether? I've had five now. Right. Okay. And I know the most recent news has been, I, I re- you know, I remember you posting out that long ago was fairly positive, right? Yeah. Well, there was a, over the summer, there was a spot and it grew and um, I went to UCLA and got a second opinion and they did a DOPA PET scan. And then they said, oh, it's cancer. You know, it's definitely brain yeah. cancer. And then I went back to my um, regular oncologist at Cedars and he um, did a PET, just a, um, like a normal MRI, not a PET scan. And he showed that it shrunk. And I was like, huh. so that was good, but we still aren't sure what it was, if it's tumor or scar tissue. Cause he said tumors don't follow any rule book. Yeah. So it could be either, but just knowing it, even if it's tumor that it shrunk, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. So that, that's amazing. Yeah. That was such good news. I mean, I remember reading that and just every time you post something, I'm like, I hold my breath while I read your post. Cause I'm like, Oh, please let it be happy news. Um, well, and it's so- hard. Cause you know, my kids are on um, social media now. Cause I usually yeah. post to Instagram and then it shares it on Facebook. So when I post to Instagram, I'm like, how am I going to say this? You know, and a lot of times I'll have to wait two weeks or until I get another scan so that I can post something good. Cause my kids will read it. Yes. Totally. Like, how do I make this sound better than it is? Yeah. So sometimes totally. people are like, Oh, it's such great news. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, you know what though, Mel, that kind of says a lot about who you are in general, because it, it like, you want to always make it better. And, you know, I think that you're just, you just have a positive outlook a spin on everything. Like, even when you get bad news, like, I feel like it, it's just feels different with you. Like it always feels like you're, and I'm sure that's, you know, it's not always easy to do, but I a hundred percent believe that's why you beat all the odds that your attitude and your positivity are fully connected with your, the fact that you're still here today. Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, I have to, I have kids and a husband at home. I can't sit around and mope all day. I know, but you know what? And there's, there's a lot I of want people to do stuff. I want to check stuff off my bucket list. Yeah. But there's a lot of people, Melanie, that just aren't the same. Like they, you say you have to, and a lot of people just choose not to, you know, like that's, I just, you know, you, you think of people that, you know, they say like, oh, well this, and this is why I'm this way. And this is why I'm not doing anything. And I always think of I have two friends that always come to my mind when I think of excuses of why you can't do something. And in my mind, I think of you and this other friend that I had that had pretty severe breast cancer who went through her diagnosis and treatment like with like five gold stars, if you could give her gold stars. I mean, her doctor even told her that I've never seen anybody so strong and with such a serious, severe situation. And she's cancer-free now for many, many years. And he totally attributes it to her attitude and her drive. And, um, you know, you, you, it's, it's a choice. It's a choice to make. And it's, it's just awesome. I just think it's so awesome. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so part of the reason obviously that you're on here is I know that you, um, you text me a lot for like recipes, ideas, and take me through you, you're, you eat, you're very similar. I think to me, you eat mostly, plant-based now. Um, but you weren't always that way. So what was the reason and the moment that you decided that, that, uh, changing your diet was, it was an important part of your journey. 
But when we came home, still having my 14 month diagnosis, we were like, what can we do? And so we watched all these documentaries like uh, Forks Over Knives and um, Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. And my husband's like, you know what, we're going to start juicing. So then he bought the Gerson um, juicing book. And so we did that. We've actually done that many times. Anytime there's an ailment, like recent, most recently, his back started hurting. So he said, I'm giving up drinking beer for a month and I'm just going to juice. And then it got better. So we're like suddenly realized how much foods heal us. And um, I think um, Zach, my middle boy was in kindergarten when I was diagnosed. And one of the moms said, Hey, you got to try the macrobiotic diet. Another, um, a teacher at school who went through cancer um, when my oldest was in kindergarten, and this was two years later, and she was completely healed. She did the macrobiotic diet because of this mom's urging her to. So we tried that. But it was so much work. And they said, you can't eat avocados. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how us, how us Californians are. And then everything, it was all a lot of soy. And I have so much breast cancer in my family that soy scares me. Um, and it was a lot of fermented food and that was hard for us to eat, not being used to it. And my kids didn't like it. So it was just, it was a lot of work. Um, and so then we kind of stuck with that for a while, but switched from soy milk to almond milk. And just, I don't know, we've just kind of dabbled in everything, but I don't, I don't care for eggs or cheese. So that part was easy for me. So that was a pretty you easy know, transition. Up. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you just kind of went from the macrobi macrobiotic diet to like just mostly plant-based um, based on. Well, yeah, we're, we're basically pescatarian. And then um, I think the last time my, my cancer returned and it's going to return like my whole life. It's not something mm -hmm. I'll ever get over. But that last time we went, a lot of people in my um, brain cancer support group had gone to the Optimum Health Institute in uh, Lemon Grove mm -hmm. and they put you on raw vegan diet. And so I did that. I did their three week program, learned how to sprout. And I did that for gosh, over six months. But that's when I was like, Hey, do you have any raw vegan recipes? And you, you delivered. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I always have ideas. That's kind of my thing is I'm really good at if someone tells yeah, me what, what they want to eat and what they um, like to eat. I'm pretty good at coming up with ideas of, you know, what you can do. And, um, it's kind of a weird, a weird trait of mine. My husband says I can make something out of nothing and it's totally true. Like, you know, we'll, it'll be, you know, he'll come downstairs and be like, Oh, we have nothing to eat. We haven't gone to the grocery store. What are we gonna do for dinner? And I'm just like, move over and I'll create this like big meal. He's like, I don't know how you did that. We had nothing to eat. <laughs> so, um, but that's like, so have you, do you feel better eating mostly plants or, you know, whenever you like, it's kind of like, I feel like it's kind of like us too. Like, you know, sometimes we, we eat things that we're not really used to, like when we're on vacation or whatever, and then we feel blah, and then we go back to filling our you know bodies with plants and just feel so much better. Do you feel a difference? Yeah, I honestly like felt so much better. I everything healed quicker. You know, if I cut myself, just little things, everything was better. I didn't get headaches. I didn't, you know, I didn't get sick anymore. I just like felt so much better. And then my cancer had, was doing well for a while. Well, so, I mean, you, still is. yeah, it's doing, I mean, it's doing amazing. And really it's just like you said, like learning how to live with it and 
doing all you can to, you know, prolong life really. And food is such a big part of it. You're right. I mean, it is a really big part of it. And if you feel good, it doesn't really matter what it is that you're doing. It's, that's the ultimate goal is to feel good inside. I mean, that's kind of the the thing. And I also really love and respect that you guys chose to do what works for your family. And just, you know, like you said, that Mac product diet, it didn't really work well for you guys because there are things that you absolutely love to eat and you're not willing to give them up. And there's things that didn't work for your family because it was just too hard. And stress is a huge part of it. So even if you change your diet to like, let's call it the perfect diet, if it's going to cause you stress, then what's the point? Right. Um, do you have any um, go-tos that like your whole family can, and we all know how hard it is to please everybody, but that your whole family yeah. um, likes to eat that, that, you know, you love as well? Well, I have three picky boys, but I think um, veggie burgers are the easiest mm-hmm. for us right now. And you have a book that has all these veggie burgers. <laughs> yes, that I do. <laughs> we and do that, except everybody's picky. So everybody wants a different kind of veggie burger where Ben and I like to see vegetables in them. Cause I don't want something that emulates meat as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Josh, my uh, junior in high school, he wants like the beyond beef burgers. He wants something that is like meat. Yeah. Well, and, um, your we're, husband too, right? Yeah. Um, so we're yeah, all kind I- of different. I think the first time you guys tried them, wasn't it at our, in our backyard? Didn't we have, weren't, didn't was. we have some of you it guys was. all over? And um, yeah. yeah, I think you guys were like, well, it was, they, they had first come out, they had sent me a package and I think you guys were like, whoa, no way. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, all the guys there, they're like, well, it, you know, it's pretty darn good. All the yeah. meat eaters were like, this is a really good representation of meat. Yeah, I can totally. still tell the difference. And for me, having not eaten meat in gosh, maybe five years then, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is meat. Yeah. Yeah. And it totally. bleeds. And I just remember thinking, how is that really meat? Is she like yeah. pulling the wool over our eyes? Totally. Meat? <laughs> well, and now they have so many different options. I mean, there's so many companies now that make um meat alternatives and um, which is just awesome for a family like yours that you know you're trying to do one thing and, you know, you fill yourself with like the, you know, veggie burgers, but to have that option to be able to have for your kids as well, um, and make everybody happy is, you know, that's kind of the goal and with, you know, with everything yeah, is to make it easy I, and happy. I start feeling like we became, um, vegetarian, you know, to not eat meat because it's not good. And then I think, okay, here I am giving my kids this fake meat and it's all processed. So I'm always like, no, you know, let's just make something from scratch. And we've told every time I, we try to get my boys to cook dinner one night a week. And now we're like, okay, um, you know, go on, go on veggies. Don't bite, pick out something and I'll buy the ingredients and you can cook it. So that's our well, go-to right now. One thing to remember though, is that, um, yeah, it's processed, but it, it, it's, it's fine. It's not a huge deal to like incorporate those foods into your life, especially if it makes things easy and less stressful. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really important it, to remember just, that. And we only have like, maybe like once every other week we'll do burgers. It's not something we do all the time. Yeah. But I do always try to, you know, do my own meat substitutes. 
Well, and that's, that's great. But these options are great, you know, for when life needs to be a little bit, you know, easier and, and more seamless. So, I mean, I think it's totally fine. Um, so I have a question when you change your diet, did you talk to your doctors about it? What did they have to say? Um, was there any like pushback? Was there any, you know, support? Like, how did you feel about that from the like medical community perspective? Um, we felt fine. The, um, my doctor was fine with it. Um, a lot of people in the brain cancer world do keto, like they just do straight meat and vegetables and no carbs. So I've asked him about that because they say it's better for the brain, those doing it. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what, then you're, if you want to live a long life, your cholesterol is only going to go up. And he said, I think Hmm. if you want to live, keep doing what you're doing or do a Mediterranean style diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He told me, you know, high vegetables. And he said, I can do low carb if I want and high vegetables, but he knows I'm vegetarian and don't do meat. So he, you know, he's like, just find, you know, eat nuts and do that type of thing. Um, that's interesting. That's very interesting that he said that about, um, the keto diet. Cause that's like, is I'm guessing the reason they're, they do the keto diet is because carbs, um, it's the sugars from carbs feed cancer cells. Is that kind of where it connects? Yeah. But in brain cancer, if you're, he has told me if your brain wants sugar, it can turn anything into sugar. If it wants fat, it can turn anything into fat or carbs. So he said, you know, like if I eat a bunch of sugar, it's not going to affect my brain cancer as much as Hmm. it would other cancers. Interesting. That is so interesting. I did not know that. Um, I do know that I just actually did an episode. I'm doing a few more with some dietitians and nutritionists, but, um, I did do an episode about like how I just personally, for me, um, and my family, like we eat all the macros, we eat carbs, we eat fat, we eat sugar because, um, we protein, we eat them all. Um, I just, you know, like there's a big thing in the diet world online about shaming with, you know, and promises when you cut something out that you're going to look this way or you know, achieve your physical health or whatever. But, um, I know because I was pre-med in college, like I know that like our cells, um, barring any, you know, disease or issue you're dealing with medically, but in general, our cells need all three types of macronutrients, you know, different, different systems in our body need different macronutrients in order to, to function at their best and starving yourself. Like you said, from one, like your doctor said, cholesterol is really just going to go up. You're going to cause another problem when you're trying to solve one. Um, but I didn't know that, um, with brain cancer and I, and I also know that cancer cells in general, like you said, like sugar, sugar is like food for them, but I did not know it it in brain, brain cancer. It's a little different. Yeah. That's why it's so hard to treat because the blood brain barrier, I think there's only like 5% of, um, medications goes through the blood brain barrier right now. And the chemo that we have is like, they had just made it maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And there wasn't even a chemo for brain cancer before that because they couldn't get something across the blood brain barrier. Hmm. And there hasn't really been anything since either because it's so hard to develop something. That is so interesting. That is so interesting. Um, Yeah. And I know the blood brain barrier is pretty like, it's there to protect our brain. You know, it's, it's there to do its job, but unfortunately it does its job too good sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, that's good. I, that's awesome that your doctor has been so supportive and, um, has actually, you know, it sounds like he's 
really interested in, you know, what you want to do as a patient. And that's kind of like something that I am hoping in medicine going forward is really thought about more that it's not just about the, the treatment, the ailment, the disease, but it's more about the whole person. And, um, I love that he recommends things for you. That is what works for you. Cause really each person, each of us knows ourselves best, right? We know how we feel. We know what we want. And I think that's just amazing that, you know, he sounds like an amazing doctor to help you through, you know, these, whatever it is, you know, you have to have to battle. Yeah. I feel like I got lucky with all of my doctors, even my primary care doctor, everybody's on board with it and they're all okay. And maybe it's because they, they do my labs and see how good and healthy it's funny because my labs are so good. You'd think I was like one of the healthiest people alive. And then here I am with cancer, but cancer doesn't show up on my labs. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that's kind of, you know, circles us back um, as we end this to what we kind of talked about at the beginning that overall wellness doesn't necessarily just mean the absence of disease. You know, it's so much more. And this is like, you're the perfect example of that, that, okay, you have brain cancer. And to most people, they would think that and be like, oh, you're, you're so unhealthy and whatever. But like you just said, like your labs, everything about you other than this brain cancer is so healthy. And I really, truly think that that has a lot to do with what you've decided to put into your body, um, your mental wellness and emotional wellness and how you deal with things, um, your physical wellness with keeping active. Um, there's so many types of wellness that it's not like just one thing. And I think most people attribute wellness to physical, like disease type stuff. Yeah, they do. Um, well, this was awesome, Mel. Thank you so much for taking time in your day to come on and tell your story. And I really hope that, you know, anyone listening who has, is dealing with this or has a family member or a friend can see that, you know, there's always hope. There's always things you can do, um, until you decide to give up, really, there's no giving up. I mean, I hope that you're around for another nine years, then we can, as soon as this whole pandemic is over, we can throw a big party and celebrate you and everything in life, really. Yeah, I'm, that's my goal is to dance with my grandkids in their weddings. And my kids are still young. So that's, you know, I'm like planning on living into my 80s and 90s. Well, that would be amazing because um, we need you to stick around. You're <laughs> an amazing part of this neighborhood and we can't wait for Thank all you. this to be clear so we can um, have another one of our booth clubs. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, ours was the first one canceled. I know, I remember. Well, whenever we're all have the clear to start mingling again, um, we're definitely gonna have a huge backyard party to celebrate. So I'm super just keeping forward and looking forward to that. And it'll happen. We have, um, we have the, uh, happiness on the horizon. My mom actually just got her vaccine today. My sister got hers last week. Oh, Um, good. Yeah. My brother got his, my younger brother got his about a week ago. I think I'm, um, tier one C. So I'm behind those incarcerated and the homeless. Yes. I can't even believe that, but I mean, politics aside, I mean, I kind of see where they're coming from in the sense that if yeah. you stop spread, you know, like that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, let's just get 
get them all so we can, everybody can, you know, we can get this herd immunity going and um, we can all just be able to hug and see each other again. I know we've, we've hung out on, in the front lawns at a distance, but it would be great to be able to hang yeah, out. I miss, I miss hugs. I know I do too. I do. I miss hugs. I mean, I haven't been able to spend, I mean, we've seen my parents from a distance with masks, but you know, it's just been, it's been really challenging. You know, those, um, those social interactions that we're all used to, but it's coming. I can feel it on the horizon. Well, Me thank too. you so, 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 so much for being here. I so appreciate it. Um, and thanks everybody who's listening for tuning in. Make sure to get in touch if you have any questions and also stay tuned next time for my episode with my other guest about growing your own food. And I'm so excited to talk a little bit about that as well because part of you know health and wellness and putting things into your body is knowing where it comes from. So um, yeah, thanks everybody. And thanks for being here. I appreciate you all.